What's up, everybody? Now, today, I got a great episode coming to y'all. But first, I got a question. What's on your mind? Welcome back, everybody, and thanks for tuning in to my podcast. I know last week I promised y'all that my mentor would be on here today, but life sometimes decides to be a butt face, and we can't control that. But don't worry, my guest today is just as bright as my mentor. I would like to introduce you all to my debate buddy, Gwendolyn Dickey. Hi, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, welcome, Gwen, and thank you so much for coming out to my podcast. How are you today? I'm all right. Thank you for having me on your podcast. Uh, How are you today? I'm good. I'm good. Just tired, even though I slip all day. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, y'all. A little something about Gwen. Gwendolyn is a senior at Overton High School. After she graduates, she plans to pursue a degree in political science at her dream school, Vanderbilt University, and aspires to hold a a public office at some point in her political career. She is also a writer and part of the CAPA program at Overton. Gwendolyn is, a very pa- is very passionate about social issues and hopes to be a part of the solution in the future. Okay. Wow, Gwen, that is a lot. Uh, can you explain what CAPA? Uh, Kappa is Creative and Performing Arts. Um, I'm a part of the Creative and Performing Arts Creative Writing uh, program at Overton High School. Uh, okay, okay, that's cool. Um, okay, let's get to a question thing. Okay, so can you tell us about some of the things you write about in this program? Um, I usually write novels. I'm currently write, working on a novel right now. Uh, it's called A New Story. Uh, I really didn't have a creative title for it. I just kind of, you know, came up with that because that's what it is, a new story. Uh-huh. Um, I also write uh, spoken word and poetry. It uh, kind of depends. And I write essays, of course. That's yeah. kind of like my academic specialty <laughs> essays. Yeah. Okay, okay. So, um, what inspired you to go into politics? What inspired me to become politically involved uh, was the 2016 election, honestly. Uh, Just, you know, watching, you know, um, Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump kind of face off on the world stage. I want to make this completely clear. I wasn't for either one of them. I was for Bernie Sanders. (laughs) Still was for Bernie Sanders this election. Um, But, you know, he just keeps dropping out of the race but that's what you know kind of yeah that's what kind of sparked my political interest uh just watching uh president trump Um, and secretary of state hillary clinton just you know kind of debate go head to head talk about issues and things like that it you know made me become more engaged with it because i realized that it was very important and it like you know had a direct effect and an indirect effect on my life in so many ways. Yeah. Okay. So, um, other members of Generation Z says that they are settling for Biden, but they wanted um, Bernie Sanders. So I'm guessing you agree with that. That you definitely, for- <laughs> definitely agree with it. I- completely agree with that statement. Um, A lot of us are sibling for Joe Biden, but I feel like um, even though he isn't Bernie Sanders, he'll try his best to, you know, make his presidency, you know, 
uh, memorable and yeah. worthwhile. Yeah. Okay. So, what was your reaction when you found out that the first vice president was going to be a one a woman of Black and Asian American descent? That was. It was like a breath of fresh air, <laughs> you yeah. know, like a drink of nice cold water walking <laughs> yes, through the yes. hot desert. Yeah. <laughs> more specifically the Sahara <laughs> like, like it was just like you know just I'm, I'm just saying you know every vice president since you know George Washington was a white male and yeah. you know with Hillary Clinton you know about to make a dent in history being the first female president it's just like you know okay we didn't get the first female president but like you know 2020 you yeah. got the first female black in Asian American vice yeah. president. And I'm like, that means something. Cause mm -hmm. you know, a lot of women, you know, especially, you know, uh, minority women, mm -hmm. they've gone for that office or they've gone for like, you know, high political offices and yeah. most of them achieve their goals. Most of them do not. But I feel like Kamala Harris will be, you know, like an image for a lot of, um, black and brown girls yeah. you know not even just girls she's just like a symbol for the black and brown community <laughs> yes. period because we know that you know there's somebody that looks like us that's there you know yeah. it's kind of like when barack obama became president everybody mm. was taken to the streets like oh we got a first black <laughs> president oh my god look at his wife is actually black you know right. they're all excited and it's just like i feel like that same excitement mm -hmm. you know happened last week when we found it, out that it she, it, it, the same thing and I feel like you know I feel like we can only go up from that point to mm -hmm. be honest I feel like we can only go up from Obama but uh we got Trump <laughs> so I'm I'm gonna just speak positively right yeah. now <laughs> yeah uh, like I, I ain't gonna lie when I when I woke up and heard the news like you said it was like a breath of fresh air like it was like I didn't even know I was holding my breath for that moment. And right. when I heard it, I'm not the type of person to like go out to parties, but I was trying to find the nearest party to go to. <laughs> Cause I was just in like a like a celebratory mood for like the whole right. weekend. Like right. I can't explain. It just something just clicked in me. It was like, Brandon, you need to go to a party to celebrate. Like this was <laughs> Yeah. Like, it's so, definitely a, a monumental moment. Yes. So how did hearing that Kamala was gonna be the next VP in fact I mean impact your pursuit of a political career? It actually um gave it a bit more momentum, you know. Um, you know, with a lot of there are a lot of uh minority political uh, figures out there, but just her holding that high office, you know, mm -hmm. it was kinda like, you know, it's not a an abstract idea for you to want to obtain an office, you know, that high or become a senator, you know, things like that. Yeah. And, you know, you don't see a lot of um, of African-American representation in government. You don't see a lot of it. And when you do, you know, it's yeah. a little, yes. yeah, <laughs> I don't even have I to say it. it. But, you know, and it's like, I want to be, you know, a person for the people, but I also want to, you know, make the injustices and the unjust treatment of Black people in America, yeah. you know, known, you know, like, and I feel like, you know, I like the fact that she's there and now she has the opportunity to show us that she 
understands, you know, because like her position, like both her parents, they aren't from, they weren't like, they're from America, but their origin is from places outside of the States. And it's just like, you know, her dad's Jamaican and her mom is South Asian. And it's just like, you know, seeing that, you know, her being there is just like knocks down so many milestones. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's definitely, you know. Yes. She knocked down so Motivated. many milestones in one moment. Just uh, okay, so I don't know if I said it right. Vanderbilt. Why is it your dream college? Vanderbilt. <laughs> yes, Vanderbilt is in Nashville, uh, Tennessee. It's my dream college because they have an exceptional law program, and I, you know, I visited the campus. Um, during spring break (laughs) right after COVID was announced in the United States (laughs) and I was just like browsing the campus it was completely vacant empty and I still you know got this tingly feeling in my stomach and you know somebody my vice principal uh, Stephanie Boyd she told me she was like when you step on a college's campus you should feel a tingly feeling in your stomach and I felt multiple (laughs) tingly feelings so I was like okay yeah this is my school and I was just looking around I was looking at the architecture and stuff like that and I was just like wow and I went into the law the law um building that side of the campus and it was huge I saw two women they were sitting at the table and they were studying and I was like this looks like an environment I can thrive in and succeed in so that's why Vanderbilt, yeah. yeah. And it's not outside of Tennessee, so I won't have to pay that out of state, you know, yeah. tuition. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I might have to check that out because I'm I'm determined. I was determined on not going to college in Tennessee at all. I'm trying to branch out, but if Vanderbilt is as great as you say, I'm gonna have to give it a look. Like mm-hmm. those looking for colleges. Definitely. Okay. So okay. So now looking at everything going around going on around us from the murder of joy floyd to some supporters of um president trump saying that if joe biden was elected we're gonna quote unquote go to war do you believe that the country can come back together honestly I don't even know where to start. Given the reaction to George Floyd's death and the way that um, the police departments and the government, Donald Trump, reacted to the protesters, to the killing of George Floyd in general, Mm -hmm. it was disgraceful, honestly. And it, you know, it showed his true colors and what he really thought of Black Americans. And I mean... (laughs) Come on now. This man, you know, years ago, he tried to sentence five innocent young boys, the Central Park Five, to death for, you know, a crime that they didn't commit. And the reaction from the Trump supporters for if Biden wins, that's outrageous because (laughs) so many, you know, we've been having this election process since the start of this nation, the birth of not, you know, since it was actually established in why is it that now you know it's become it's such a problem for somebody who is not a xenophobe a racist and a sexist human being to hold an office you know i'm not saying that biden is an angel i'm not saying he's a saint you know (laughs) but like he 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 didn't run his political campaign on division you know 
on hate and division and like for them to say we're gonna go to war and stuff like that it just shows where their values are you know what era they're living in because honestly if you ask me i don't think america was ever together i don't think america was ever united i feel like everything was swept under the rug from the civil rights act to desegregation of schools they were just sweeping things under the rug so we wouldn't have more to complain about Mm -hmm. and now that we're here now and we have we've seen systematic injustice against black people we've seen police brutality we've seen the 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 disparity the gap in education of you know minority groups and white groups in the united states is just like we're fed up with it and if they want war i'm going to give them war but i'm not fighting i'm going to take it to the political arena government because that's how you get things done and Mm -hmm. i feel like you know for them to try to make this whole thing physical and about you know the whatever trump runs on you know it just it it gives people the wrong impression of what the country is truly for what it's about what the principles it was built off of you know we're still trying to right those wrongs today right now you know Mm -hmm. they were built the principles are they're solid you know they make sense but we just need to make those words a reality and when we do it'll truly be a you know we'll truly come together it'll be a just country it'll be what it says is it what it says it is in the constitution yeah and to piggyback what you were saying like the fact that some trump supporters in politics and no regular citizens the fact they trying to undermine like the key point in our democracy, which is our election, that's just like what was all this attention and excuses in 2016 when there was actually actually evidence that like it was the election was that. tampered. Yeah, like what was all this excuse back then? Right now, like from what I'm gathering and what I'm researching, I can't find no. They it's like they not presenting anybody with evidence. I heard that in one case, the only evidence was a post-it note. And I'm like, <clears throat> I'm like, why? Like, what was all this excuse back then? This is what right. I was the, <laughs> I can answer that question for you. There was absolutely <laughs> no one saying anything. Um, I remember, was it Mitch? I don't think it was Mitch, not Mitch McConnell. But it was a senator. I can't remember his name. This was the same thing, you know, about... Uh, it was Lindsey Graham, Lindsey Graham from North Carolina. And they were talking about, a, you know, um, uh, selecting a Supreme Court justice and how the next president should do it. After, yes. You know, President they Obama tried to elect one. They made, they made so many excuses for President Obama not to elect the next justice. They made so many excuses. They fought him tooth and nail. However, when Trump nominated Amy Coney Barrett, yes. no opposition, none, none. From those, from Lindsey Graham, Mitch McConnell, anybody that you know um, took control of those 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 SCOTUS hearings, you know, Senate trials, anything, they didn't they didn't oppose anything. They and rushed it through. They rushed it. They rushed it. And honestly, I feel like it was to fuel Trump's political agenda. And mm-hmm. one thing that you know kind of influenced the 2016 election was the fact that you know they had to come out with this excuse, this 
you know, these excuses about Hillary Clinton's emails being, uh, you know, acts of treason and things like that after it was, you know, found and discovered that they were, in fact, not acts of treason, that the emails were, you know, they were fine. Mm -hmm. However, Ivanka Trump has these same emails. Donald Trump has, you know, he's basically obliterated his entire political campaign, you know, his next run for presidency re-election you know he he messed that up during his entire term and the outcome was evident and Mm -hmm. who won the president last week the presidency last week and the opposition it comes from you know them not believing you know that the voter turnout was that large or that you know anybody will vote for joe biden but you have to you know also think about the fact that so many people suffer from voter uh, suppression in the United States yeah. and that those people haven't had their votes counted for years you know they haven't been participating in the election for years mm-hmm. and we have a new wave of you know first time voters young yeah. voters I'm a first time voter you know just like it's like a Lucky. it's like a wave you know and mm-hmm. it's like there's so many you know young adults so many teenagers in the United States that are fed up one with these yeah. outdated ideas these outdated policies that do not apply to 21st century living at all they don't oh. apply to you and it's like we need reform and we want to reform we know joe biden is not you know the gateway the stairway to heaven <laughs> he is he's bus number 46 <laughs> on our way to get to our destination he yeah. is just bus 46 you know We've been taking buses this entire time. And Mm. sometimes the buses may take us backwards. Sometimes they may, you know, take us forward. Mm -hmm. It just depends on how the country receives it. Oh, yeah. Okay, so while we're on the topic of Amy Cohen, uh, Supreme Court Justice Amy Cohen Barrett, um, can I ask you, like, do you label your sexuality? I do not label my sexuality. Um, I actually had a a hard time with that. like six through maybe 10th grade, sixth to 10th grade. I'm a senior now in high school. So yeah. I've been battling, battling with that for a long time. At first yeah. I labeled myself as a lesbian, uh, but then I realized that, hey, I like guys too, you know? Yeah. And I label my sex as bi- myself as bisexual, but then I was just like, it really doesn't matter if they're a woman, a male, if they're trans male, trans female, you know? Then I was like, pansexual, I was like, eh, no, I'm not really <laughs> gonna label it because it just, it depends on the person for me. If you're, you yeah. can be an alien, your right. personality is, you know, if it's, if you're a good person and I feel like, you know, we have a connection, then that's fine. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I can relate to that. Because for like a while, I was battling between like either being straight, being gay, being bi. Because like I, I go with females and I'm right now I'm in a relationship with a dude. And for like the longest, I was like, because like, like certain friends of mine, certain people I knew, they was like, Brandon, you know you gay. Why you like, why you saying you bi? You know you're going to end up being gay. And I'm like, for a while, that really had an impact on me until I was like, no, Brandon, you what you say you are. And I was like, okay, I'm be I'm bi. So yeah. So to piggyback off that question, as somebody who might not end up getting married to the opposite sex, which for some reason is considered the norm for some reason, I don't understand that. And as a woman, do you do you did the confirmation of Supreme Court Justice Amy Barrett spark fear in you? 
like it did millions of other people, including myself. Um, the confirmation of Amy Barrett, um, it did, excuse me, spark some fear, <laughs> but not to the point to where I'm afraid of her or what she might do. Mm -hmm. um, of course, I feared having my reproductive rights taken away from me, you know, abortion, you know, things like that, being able to have birth control, being able to assist excess uh, birth control for free birth control, actually, um, having, you know, the, the, um, the same-sex marriage uh, Supreme Court decision overturned, things like that, and especially with um, the segregation of schools, because she did not oppose that in her hearings, and um, she completely I don't even know. Yes, yeah, yeah, it's fearful. On a lot of things. No, it's it's very it's it's disturbing. Uh, it'll it'll make you think. It, it definitely will because you don't know what she'll do, how yeah. she'll govern. You don't. You're not really sure. And for her to be nominated to fill Ruth Bader Ginsburg's shoes, right. the woman they, who you know fought for racial equality, yes. you know reproductive rights, gay things like that yes. for them to replace her with someone like Amy Barrett, it is, it is a, it just represents the, the, the viewpoints of yeah. the president. It just, not even, honestly, I don't even know. <laughs> That's just yeah. something, it's like, it's so hard to explain because yeah just like listening to her talk and things like that. And when she held up the notepad and nothing was there, I was like, right. what are we in for? Because <laughs> right. Supreme Court justices serve on the court for the rest of their yes, life. They the serve life. for life. And it's like, we're going to have, you know, the next five decades with her, maybe more than that. And it's like, how many mistakes will she make? How many laws will she give? you know, overturn, vote against, that give us our freedoms. And it's like, you know, we do not want to live in a country where our freedoms are taken away from us because yeah. the country was founded on those freedoms, mm -hmm. you know? And I remember you mentioning earlier about, um, you know, uh, Donald Trump and his supporters trying to undermine the political system and, yeah. you know, the way the democracy is actually running, how it's been running for the last 400 years. Yeah, And it's like... um. Americans aren't going to take too well to dictatorship. Right. Maybe We've been not. free for too long. Too long. I don't care what American you try. You can try any American. Mm -hmm. No, it's not going to work. We're used to the voting system. We're used to having our religious freedoms, our freedoms of speech, you know, mm. anything. We're used to that stuff. And for him to nominate Amy Coney Barrett with... um with views that the American public is unsure of, right. it is disturbing mm -hmm. and it is frightening. It is because we didn't know what we were going to be in for with Donald Trump. We didn't right. know, but we found out we sure did. I don't want, I'm one of the most surprises. I'm good. <laughs> Four years of surprises. I don't know yeah. about you, but I don't either. <laughs> right. I, I don't, I, I don't, yeah. I don't. And mm. like the fact that, um, the, like, okay, so before before um, Ruth Bader Ginsburg died, I didn't know a lot about her. But when she died, 
that that just like sparked my interest in the Supreme Court. So like, I did my research on her, and like I I I, st- I almost started crying that she died because she did a lot for everybody, and the fact that they replaced her, even though like one of her final words was that she did not want to get replaced until the next president was elected. The fact they that did it threw, anyway. the fact they threw that out the window and replaced her with a woman that I'm pretty sure she wouldn't even be friends with, like in the same room as the fact they replaced her with her. And then the fact that Amy couldn't even name our first amendment right, but she getting elected to the highest court. I'm just like, what is honestly Ruth Bader Ginsburg was friends with the most conservative justice on the court. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I feel like, you know, right. although, you know, they have differences in political views, I feel like Ruth Bader Ginsburg would have found a way to level their relationship, you know, to bring it to a level ground. However, given the things that she has done, Amy Coney Barrett is not qualified to okay. fill her shoes. I feel like Bill Clinton nominating RBG was like the single most <laughs> best thing he could have ever done. Yeah. <laughs> ever. Yeah. Ever. <laughs> I and was I like, think, you did that, Bill Clinton. <laughs> right. And I think like the Trump administration and Republicans, they think just because Amy is a woman, we won't really like look into her and things like that. But they gotta realize the decision that she makes that affects everybody. Like everybody. The, it doesn't matter. Like it's just it was too much. Like I really I text my I was texting my mentor when I heard about it and I was like, I can't believe they really appointed this woman that most of her viewpoints don't even align with majority of Americans. And then when I heard that the Senate had adjourned to the ninth they had adjourned to the night, and one of the first thing they did was replace the Secretary of State, I believe. I mm-hmm. think it was Secretary of State. That was one of the first thing they did. I'm like, so that's where y'all mind is at right now, not getting, like, COVID relief after people and stuff like that. That was one of the first thing they did. It was just too much for me. Honestly, that the Trump administration's um, motives, their values, what's important. It is not the lives of Americans. I don't care. Mm. The only thing Trump can boast and brag about is the economy. But what people don't understand is that he inherited right. an already, you great know, economy. great economy. He he inherited that and he drove it into the ground. Mm-hmm. Like you focus so much on the economy and the Dow Jones, but the Dow Jones doesn't live in this country. The Dow Jones doesn't go to school. They don't, you know, it it doesn't create the stock market. The people Mm. in the country create the stock market. They create the strength. The back, they're they're the backbone of the country. And for him to just solely focus on that and not the people that are actually, you know, strengthening Mm. the country, strengthening the economy, it just shows where his head's at. He's a businessman. Trump is a businessman, so I can understand his perspective. But he became president, and he dropped the businessman title as soon as he accepted the presidency. And I feel like that should have, you know, trumped everything. That should have trumped his personal motives. That should have trumped his, you know, attention. It should have, yeah, and his handling of COVID-19, telling people not to wear masks and that it's a hoax, is damaging. And it has killed 
200,000 Americans. And it is still infecting millions of people across the country. And they're talking about having a vaccine out by late November, you know, pushing that vaccine into the, the public across the globe, you know, April, late April. And it's just like, they've been working so hard while the administration, the United States administration has been downplaying the entire thing. I don't think if COVID wasn't that serious, pharmaceutical companies would be trying so hard day and night. First responders would be working so hard day and night to keep people alive and to develop a vaccine so that no one else gets infected. And I think that those are the points that people are missing because Trump is feeding them this propaganda, you know, about it being a hoax and how crazy it is. But in reality, people are dying. People are suffering, you know, immensely from this virus. People are having, you know, effects that are long long term that will affect them for the rest of their lives because of a virus that we knew nothing about and we acted carelessly with Mm -hmm. and like add on what you were saying uh trump i i just so i worked as a poll worker on the election day and at the end of the day we able to see the results of we can't see the people's names but we can see like how many people voted for Trump, how many people voted for Biden, and things like that. And when I saw how many people voted for Donald Trump, I was like, I can't believe. Okay, so it was 239 people voted for Trump and Pence, then 296 people voted for Biden and Harris. When I saw those numbers, I was just blown away because after everything he did, over 200 people still voted for him. He was impeached. He used the military to tear gas peaceful protesters just to take a picture in front of a church with a Bible. And then, if I'm not mistaken, the church later came out with a statement saying that they don't agree with the way he did things, stuff like that. And I'm just like, over 200 people voted for that. And I just, I just couldn't understand it. Like, I went home. I, I was thinking about it trying to like, figure out how yes like how can how people be rationalizing the things that he do like i don't understand it maybe because like i'm a black male in america i could probably have a different like viewpoint on certain things than mm. like the, go ahead oh go ahead i'm sorry i didn't mean to cut you off oh uh, then like his supporters who are like predominantly white maybe just the viewpoints but i don't understand like you go ahead it's Honestly, I can't say what they were thinking, what made them vote for Donald Trump, you know, what influenced their decisions. Um, But it is definitely appalling. It makes you think. It really does. You know, what do they value more? Mm -hmm. It makes you, it makes you sit and look back at their values because Um, I know like on Facebook, if you have Facebook or anybody else that's listening to this podcast as Facebook, you go down your timeline, you see a lot of, I know I have a lot of African-American friends on my Facebook and I have like a diverse group of friends, a diverse group of, a diverse audience, excuse (laughs) me. Um, But mostly I see the African-Americans on there and they're like, oh, he gave us a stimulus check and Biden's a pedophile and yeah. all this stuff. And I'm like, 
Donald Trump has proven that he's a racist. He's mm-hmm. proven that he doesn't care about us. Forget that stimulus check. We almost <laughs> didn't get that. We right. almost did not receive that stimulus check. He's called our schools trash, our communities trash. Mm-hmm. He said that he he's told suburban white women that he kept low-income housing out of the suburbs and they should be thanking him. Who benefits from low-income housing in this country? Minority, really. Yeah, yeah. So what makes you think that this man is for you, that he's fighting for you? I heard one of them tell me, um, Facebook and I heard I read it and yeah. they were like um Trump is for the working man I'm like I'm sure Trump ain't never made eight dollars an hour in his life <laughs> ever this man inherited an yeah, empire that's basically his daddy money yeah he inherited an empire and it's like he doesn't understand your struggle right he doesn't so like you know and that's one of the things that drew me to Biden. He grew up in a middle-class family. He's seen it. That's one of the, the, honestly, that's why I wanted Bernie Sanders in office so bad. He's seen the struggle. He grew up in Vermont, and Bernie Sanders is Jewish. Mm-hmm. That's already a lot <laughs> right the, there. That's it for me. That's it. It's the Bernie Sanders for me. Like, <laughs> that's it. You know? Right. And I'm just like, yeah. I just, I don't know what would, you know, influence them to do that but i know i ain't vote for trump i'm just gonna <laughs> let that be done. <laughs> okay so during on vp elect kamala harris speech she said why i might why i might be the first i would not be the last did that make you fit any type of way definitely i like the fact that she left room for other people she didn't mm-hmm. make it solely about herself yeah and i feel like that is important you know, when you get elected to an office, especially being a minority woman, um, you let them know that it's possible, you mm-hmm. know, like, okay, I'm the first one, but I'm going to need more of y'all, you know, right. that's kind of like the vibe I got off of her, you know, I'm the first, but I'm not the last, meaning I'm the first person, but I need other. It better be some behind yeah, me coming up. I need more behind me, you know? And yeah, that made me feel a lot of ways because I aspire to hold a public office, a high public office. I want to be like, you know, a senator, a mm-hmm. governor. I want to be like that, that yeah. kind of thing, you yeah. know? If if I make it to the Supreme Court, if I make it to the White House, then great, amazing. Yeah. But honestly, I just want to start small and make impacts that way. And that speech, it fueled a lot of young girls across the country. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It just, when they were speaking, I'm not going to lie, it was, it was kind of boring. I'm not going like, to, not like in a bad way, but in a good way. Because I'm used to like, when I'm listening to um, President Trump, like I'm used to getting mad or being like, dude, shut up or stuff like that. But when they was talking, I wasn't used to that. I was like, Calm. right. Just I was like, listening. why am I not mad? Like, why am I over excited and smiling? Because the way they talking, like, I right? was really confused. I had a lot of emotions when they were doing their uh, speech. It's just the, is it's the shift in, yeah. in, in leadership. Mm-hmm. You know, political representation. You know, you put a toddler in the office, yes. you get top-like actions but mm-hmm. when you put leadership leaders in in a in a 
political office, a public office. You get you get leadership. You get yeah. leaders. You know, I haven't been that calm watching a speech since President Obama and Michelle. <laughs> I, yes. I'm just saying, I haven't been that calm watching someone talk to the country, speak yes. to the country. You know, not full of hate. You know, on a neutral Trying ground. Trying to bring everybody know? together. Exactly. Of <clears throat> instead of creating this huge divide in the country, you know, and it's just like. That's why I said it was like a breath of fresh air. Yeah. You have you've been breathing in this smoke from the fire, you know, just fanning yeah. the flames, just fanning them, you know, choking for the last four years, and now it's just like you know when you're able to get above that smoke cloud and breathe it in. It's just like right. This is what I supposed to be breathing in, <laughs> right? Like that's that was toxic. That was too toxic for me. Right. Um. Uh, so, um, <laughs> I'm sorry. It just thinking of all this and had this conversation make me think of a lot of things. Like it just bring a lot of things to the front of my head. Okay. So when so close to the end of my podcast, I would like to give my guests the floor to become the interviewer, basically. So, right. is is there any questions that you would like to ask me? Well, one, what had you come up with this idea about this for this podcast? Um, yeah. Um, so, like, what gave me the idea of this podcast was, like you said, the 2016 election. That's when I actually, like, became engaged in politics. Because, like, everybody else, I was sad when Hillary lost and she gave her um, speech. And then, like, as the four years went on, I started like having more and more opinions about politics, but you can't really voice your opinion too like too much as a kid. So um, a couple of weeks ago, I got the idea to make a podcast where kids, people of all ages, color, anything like that, they can come over here and have a voice because as a kid, I'm used to having my voice like silenced and not really heard of. So that's why I created the podcast. What's on your mind? <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah. I, I feel like this is a great platform for that to to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, you answered all my questions because <laughs> I was about to ask you about this Senate trial. I was yeah. asking you about the you know President elect Joe Biden, VP elect mm-hmm. uh, Kamala Harris. I was about to ask about the Black Lives Matter movement. <laughs> you know, just it, it was like we were just having a back and forth conversation. Yeah. So I kind of just you know. That's, that's Perspective. Like, you know, like you know what Gwen make a good uh, first guest because <laughs> you remember when we first met uh, we we had like we was talking about three different things in one and conversation <laughs> and the, our partners they was like hold on how is y'all on like y'all third topic and we still talk yeah. about the first topic and I was like that's that'll be a good person to start Man, that's just the with. When the conversation is good, you have yes. more to talk about. You just yes. got ideas to bounce off of each other. It's just yes. like that, you know. Yes, uh, yes. It just it was great. Um. So before we close out, is there anything you would like to say to the listeners at home? Oh, thank you guys for listening to me because <laughs> I kind of feel like my voice is hideous. But um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hope to be more knowledgeable the next time I come on your show. And thank you for having me here. Thank you for joining. And you definitely coming on again. I know, especially with the way that Trump's saying that he's not going to um, 
give up the office and let this go. Right. And some one of his um one of his supporters, I think Pompey or somebody that's like close with him, they was like, We're gonna transition into a second Trump administration. And I was like, Excuse me, sir. Last time I checked, the people voted for Biden. Right. Um, so I this know is we're gonna have a lot about that, especially come January twentieth, isn't it? When the inauguration. Yes. So I know if if Trump don't go, I just hope he get dragged out. I'm not even gonna lie. <laughs> the Secret Service drags him out, um, kicking and screaming, preferably. So if you listen to this, I want you to get. I want you to get dragged out. I'm not gonna lie. After four years of stress and being exhausted, I need something to laugh about, um, sir. Um, yeah. So I want to thank you again for coming out here. And no thank problem. You, yeah, and thank you, listeners, for listening to us. I know my voice is a little annoying. When you're <laughs> good, my voice is annoying. So thank you all for listening. Till next time.